Hello and welcome to Back to Basics Birthing. My name is Vicki Hobbs and I'm here to guide you, support you and provide you with information so you're feeling excited and confident about your birth. Birth is an incredible event, no matter how it happens. So I'm here to help you take the fear out of birth through education, planning and preparation. So in today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about delayed cord clamping or waiting for white. Immediate clamping and cutting of the cord started in the 1960s to prevent postpartum hemorrhage. But later research found that this did not reduce postpartum hemorrhage, yet the practice continued like so many other things. Delayed cord clamping means the umbilical cord is not clamped and cut immediately after birth to allow blood containing oxygen, nutrients, stem cells and iron to continue to flow through to the baby. This delay could mean anything from 30 seconds onwards depending on the care provider. Nearly one third of a baby's total blood volume is still in the placenta at birth. Half of that blood is transfused into the baby after one minute and by three minutes more than 90% of the transfusion is complete. So what is the difference between delayed and optimum cord clamping? So delayed is clamping after a certain period of time, so let's say 30 seconds or a minute, two minutes. So I've had a few mums who have put in their birth plans that they wanted delayed cord clamping. And then at the birth, the care provider has clamped and cut almost immediately. But on being questioned by the partners, they say, oh yes, we did delay it for 30 seconds. So in actual actual fact, they have delayed the, the clamping and cutting of that cord. So you need to be really specific about what you want. So the best... Uh, practice is optimum cord clamping so that is waiting for white meaning the cord has turned white and it looks like a rubbery long piece of squid or you can just wait until the cord has stopped pulsating so if you or your partner were to lay the cord across the palm of your hand you can feel the pulsating in the cord you could also wait until the placenta has birthed so then you know that all the blood stem cells and oxygen has transferred through to your baby There is also a practice called lotus birth. So a lotus birth is leaving the umbilical cord and placenta attached to the baby until it naturally separates. So there's two practices here. There's a short-term lotus birth, which is where you leave the umbilical cord attached to the placenta and baby for four to 48 hours before it's cut. A long-term lotus birth, also known as a full lotus birth, allows the cord to naturally fall off from the belly button in its own time. So this could be anywhere from 3 days to 10 days or longer. This means the placenta will need to be wrapped in absorbent material like a nappy or cloth and should be changed a couple of times a day. The placenta can also be covered with salt and herbs and then laid on a bed of salt to help dry it out, which is also changed daily and again wrapped up and placed in a placenta bag that can easily be carried around with your baby. So now getting back to delayed cord clamping. Studies show that the main benefits are uh, a three minute delay in cord clamping increase the child's iron reserves by 27 to 47 milligrams of iron which is equivalent to one to three months of an infant's iron requirements. Increased blood volume, smooth cardiopulmonary transition. The increased blood volume will naturally increase blood platelet levels, which are needed for normal blood clotting. 
This blood is enriched with immunoglobulins and stem cells, which provide the potential for improved organ repair and rebuilding after injury, as well as playing an essential role in the development of the immune, respiratory, cardiovascular and central nervous systems. It may also help to repair any brain damage the baby may have suffered through a difficult birth. Improved transitional circulation, lower risk of anemia, fewer transfusions, fewer incidences of intraventricular hemorrhage, increased neurodevelopment several years later with higher social skills and motor skills, better outcomes for preterm babies needing fewer drugs, blood transfusions and less bleeding to the brain. So the latest Cochrane review concluded a more liberal approach to delaying clamping of the umbilical cord in healthy term infants appears to be warranted, particularly in light of growing evidence that delayed cord clamping increases early hemoglobin concentrations and iron stores in infants. Delayed cord clamping is likely to be beneficial as long as access to treatment for jaundice requiring phototherapy is available. And research also shows that premature cord clamping results in reduced blood volume and is associated with poorer short and long-term outcomes. So another thing to consider is when babies need oxygen at birth, we are still seeing cords being cut during resuscitation. And this makes no sense at all when you're trying to get a baby to breathe because you're cutting off their oxygen supply via the cord from the placenta. Now, Dr. Rachel Reed from Midwife Thinking has an excellent article called The Placenta, Essential Resuscitation Equipment. And in this article, she states there are two reasons that caregivers decide to prematurely cut a cord in order to resuscitate a baby. One is a lack of knowledge, patience and panic, and the other is a compromised baby. In both cases, this action creates difficulties for the baby. In the first, it can actually create the need to resuscitate. This article is such an informative resource. So if you want to read the article, just Google Rachel Reed, the placenta essential resuscitation equipment. And what about stem cell collection? So it's interesting to see that in March 2019, the American College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists updated their statement on umbilical cord blanking. They said, one of the key points that many couples are not told about stem cell collection is that umbilical cord blood collected from a neonate cannot be used to treat a genetic disease or malignancy in that same individual. Umbilical cord blood collection should not compromise obstetric or neonatal care or alter routine practice of delayed umbilical cord clamping. And the routine use of private cord blood banking is not supported by the available evidence. So again, I refer to the research of Dr. Rachel Reed of Midwife Thinking, who used to collect stem cells as a midwife, and she shares a great article about stem cell collection and states, in recent years, cord blood collection and storage has become popular, particularly in the private sector. Cord blood contains magical stem cells, and the idea is that if your baby becomes ill in the future, you may be able to use these cells as treatment. My concern with cord blood banking is the inadequate and misleading information given to parents. This misinformation raises both ethical and legal issues. The procedure involved in collecting cord blood is sold as simple, safe and effective. 
When it comes to decision making about cord blood, only three options are presented. Keep it, so you pay for storage, donate it to a public initiative or throw it away. What about letting it finish its journey through the umbilical cord and into the baby who owns it? Even the term cord blood is misleading. Blood is merely collected via the cord. When adults give blood, we don't give arm blood. We give our blood via our arm. In addition, the promotional materials talk about collecting blood from the placenta without acknowledging that the baby and placenta are one blood circulation unit. Again, if you'd like to read Rachel's full article, you can Google midwife thinking cord blood collection confessions of a vampire midwife. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. The next one, I'm going to be discussing the birth of the placenta. Thank you for listening to Back to Basics Birthing. If you would like to get more information about my childbirth education classes, Hypnobirthing Australia classes, fear release sessions, online course, VBAC education, pregnancy massage or any of my other services, please visit my website at backtobasicsbirthing.com.au.